Hey ladies, welcome to the Losing Fat on Plants podcast. So happy to have you join me. My name is Jennifer and I'm a certified fat loss nutrition coach. I created this podcast for the menopausal woman who's maintaining a fully or partly plant-based diet, but is still struggling like I once did to lose fat because of cycling sugar binges. Menopausal weight gain is for real, and it's more than just calories in, calories out. Hormones, stress, and lifestyle are factors that can affect our appetite and complicate how we feel and behave around food, especially during our midlife. Come on, sister, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If your appetite has increased, you're craving foods high in sugar, and you can't stop overeating, then you're in the right place. Lady friend. Don't spend precious time feeling miserable about how you look and your weight. Instead, join me each week as I share evidence-based strategies to help you manage your sweet tooth on a plant-based diet while keeping it real. You don't have to give up your favorite desserts. Let me show you how you can enjoy sweets guilt-free while on your journey towards losing fat on plants. Hope to see you there. Take care. Hey ladies, welcome back to another episode of Losing Fat on Plants. I hope wherever you are, you've been having as many sunny days as we've been having here in Germany. I'm so excited with how blue the sky has been and so clear. It's so uplifting. And what makes me happy is the fact that the sun is still out in the evening when I'm finished with work. I like to take a break during the day um, and go for normally like long one hour walks, yeah, or an hour and a half or so. But sometimes I don't make it outdoors until later. And in the dead of winter, when the sun sets earlier, I would sometimes miss the daylight. So it's so good to be able to enjoy the light much later in the day now. And the temperature, it's still pretty cold, <laughs> but I'll take a sunny and cold day over a warm and gray one anytime. I'm so over the winter weather, y'all. I actually just recently heard about people who boycott the winter and travel to warmer countries. I mean, I can't afford that luxury with how my life is set up, but I can understand the logic. If I had enough money in the bank, I definitely would consider going on a regular basis to, I don't know, the Caribbean, um, to get away from the dull, dreary, and gray weather that follows us throughout the winter, um, especially here in Germany. I mean, I personally really like having the change of seasons, but after a while, I'm ready for spring and summer again. So let's hope that spring visits us earlier this year. I definitely won't be mad at it. So Have you had the chance to listen to my first podcast? I'm not sure if in the first episode you um, were able to listen to the strategy and the definition of strategy that, um, that I discussed. If not, go back to the first episode, take a listen. I lay out um, what a strategy is. It sort of leads into this call. I also promised in the first episode that I would talk about my exact formula for losing fat. And that's what I'm going to 
what I'm going to talk about. But I wanted to just start off um, because this thought sort of went through my head, whether or not um, you've ever had like, I don't know, a a recipe for a cake. Let's just take a cake Um, because that's, I love baking and, you know, cake is easy. If you have a sweet tooth like I do, then um, you get this comparison, I think, much easier. But if you've ever been given a recipe for a cake and you tried it and you were completely amazed at how simple it was, but it tasted really, really good. Um, let's take cheesecake, for example, because it's actually one of my favorite and my family's favorite cakes. And I remember um, years ago, a fellow colleague of mine brought this fantastic cheesecake to the office. And it was the first cheesecake I'd eaten in Germany that tasted as good as it did. I mean, literally, it was like New York cheesecake style. And when I asked her how she made it, like assuming it would be like a long ingredient list with tedious steps, she was like, oh my goodness, it's so simple. I'll bring you the recipe and you can try it yourself. And I was like, I know this is not going to be an easy recipe. It probably involves all kinds of procedures. But when I got that recipe and looked at the ingredients, I was like, what? That's it? It can't be that easy. I remember making that cake and thinking, she's so right. It's so simple. And it was the hit with my husband and kids. I mean, this recipe had shortcuts to making the crust. There were tips to getting the right height of the filling. And once I realized how easy it was, and it was confirmed by my husband and the kids, it became my go-to cake for birthdays and any other celebration, Christmas, I don't care, um, Thanksgiving, you know, somebody else's uh, event or celebration. It took the thinking out of baking and I could even start to tweak it and make it fit closer to my own preferences. Like, I like a a cheesecake that's sweet, but has like a sour taste to it. So I started increasing the sour taste with more sour cream. At that time, I I wasn't um, eating fully plant-based. I also added brown sugar to the crust to increase the caramel taste. Mm, I'm like thinking about it right now. I might have to make me a a cheesecake, y'all. Or um, yeah, I I would cut back on the lemon juice because I know the kids didn't really like it so much. And I actually didn't like too much lemon. Um, It sometimes overpowered the sweetness. So, you know, once I cut that back, then the cake tasted really, really good. I just tweaked it here and there to make it my own. But here's the thing. I eventually lost that recipe and no longer had the complete list of ingredients and steps. And I tried to make it from my memory and from the tips like online from other cheesecake recipes, but it was never the same. It wasn't the same. I didn't get the same results as I did with the first recipe. It didn't look the same, didn't taste the same. And after that, I decided to make my own cake, to try it on my own. Um, But because I didn't have the recipe that worked, 
I couldn't guarantee it would turn out right. So it was always a guessing game. Um, and I, and I, and I really don't like that, especially when I'm making a dessert and I really depend on it tasting good, especially if it's for a birthday or if I'm, you know, taking it for an event where there are a lot of people there. I want that cheesecake to be good. So that means I need to have guaranteed steps and procedure, but because I lost the recipe, I couldn't count on it anymore that I could make the cake taste it taste in the way that I wanted to. So when I started eating plant-based, I made a vegan cheesecake and I was actually really, really happy with the results. But more than anything, what was so important to me was remembering to write down the notes to make sure that I have the recipe so that it turns out the same each time. That way I don't have to think so hard about it and I can guarantee the results. It doesn't matter if I decide to tweak it later. I just need to have the base recipe so that I have a cake that I know I'm going to enjoy. So that's the same way I view a formula for fat loss, especially for the menopausal woman with a sweet tooth. It takes the thinking out of the doing and it guarantees a positive result. And that's what I'm going to discuss in the second episode, my formula for losing fat on plants and how it's helped me to stay on track. Now, if you remember in the first episode, I talked about what the best strategy is for losing fat. I described a strategy as a framework that you operate in, in order to reach a goal when you don't know yet what works and what doesn't. The strategy is the plan to navigate you until you have the right action steps. And as you recall, without first defining a clear goal or intention, you're like a car without a destination. You end up driving around not really knowing where you're headed, taking wrong turns here and there, spinning in circles, and eventually running out of gas. A strategy that you adjust, modify, and refine, and is proven, the key word is proven, to get you to your goal is a strategy that becomes a formula for losing fat. The formula is the exact recipe with all the right ingredients that you need to lose fat in the easiest fastest and most effective way, even during challenges when you might be triggered to act off plan or to eat off plan, especially if you're experiencing menopausal symptoms. So in this episode, we're going to talk about one, what's the best formula for weight loss Two, the formula that works for me. Three, do you need a formula to lose weight? And four, what to do if you don't have a formula of your own. So if you're listening to this podcast, I assume you either want to lose fat or you've lost it and you want to keep it off for good. You don't want to guess whether you've lost fat. You want to be sure that you're making progress towards your goal as you go along. So if you don't know your target, whether that be to lose 25 pounds, fit into your favorite pair of jeans again, lose stomach fat or cut down on, on bloating, um, or even learn how to keep the fat off while still eating your favorite desserts or whatever it may be. 
If you don't know your target, then you can't measure your success. You need to know the exact goal in order to figure out how to get there and whether you hit your target. When I was 25 pounds overweight, I didn't quite know where to start. My experience with losing weight up until then included yo-yo dieting. I had tried restricting sugar for like nine months, going keto for a short stint. Um, I fasted for days. Some of it was spiritual, but most of it was diet related. I also tried weight loss diet shakes. Like who does that? Can you believe they make us fall for that? When we're struggling to lose weight, we fall for so many things on the market because we're so desperate. But all those attempts that I tried did not help me to transform my behavior. Without a formula in place, I automatically reverted to my default coping skills of overeating when life got difficult and I wanted to escape All of the diets ultimately came down to me denying myself the very foods I needed, eating too much of foods I shouldn't have been, and judging myself harshly when it didn't work and I gained the weight back. I knew the following to be true though. I felt out of control, was pretty sure about that. I wanted to get the control back desperately. I wanted to look and feel better. And I wanted to keep it off for good, but without having to deny myself. I wanted to be able to eat the foods that I liked without feeling guilty and ashamed about it. I desperately wanted a formula. I was trying during this time to handle my weight loss, basically with quick fixes that only made things worse. Even with regular exercise like jogging and resistance workouts, I wasn't able to push the needle. I would look down at my overflowing stomach and my chunky legs and cringe with disappointment that my efforts were not making a difference. And I just didn't know what I was doing wrong and how to go about getting the right action steps for losing the fat. It's not until you have a proven strategy that works for you that you have a go-to formula for fat loss based on evidence and not theory. A well-oiled, tried and true, proven strategy is a formula for success. Look, when your strategy involves intention, taking action, assessing, seeking support, and then constant refining to ensure you behave and perform better and stay consistent, then you know you're headed in the right direction. And it's just a matter of time before you hit your goal. So let's first discuss my first point. What's the best formula for fat loss? So there are a few things I I need to, to lay down first before going into my formula for losing fat. And they are, um, the building blocks for controlling overeating. They're evidence-based, tried and true steps, or I'll call them elements, but really they're building blocks. I call them building blocks because they make the foundation for the action steps that you need to take to lose weight, right? It's what you do first, what you have to uh, practice first before you start to tweak your, your strategy or your action steps. In fact, you can even stop with these building blocks and succeed at reaching your goal. 
But the only thing is, if you if you want to keep the fat off for good, you really do need a true formula that includes basically a a system, you know, a bulletproof system that helps you when you're off track. And for the menopausal woman with a sweet tooth, as your estrogen decreases, hormones are either suppressed or induced and they affect your appetite, which can lead to overeating. So your eating habits basically are threatened by your body's changing hormonal system and you can easily find yourself getting off track. So it's even more important that you have a formula as a menopausal woman in place to help you get through the challenges of life. So the first and the easiest, the one that you can do with the least amount of effort is drinking enough water. You've heard it before, right? Water is so important. It gives life to your cells. You can go days without having food, but you can't go long without drinking water. We need it to hydrate our bodies so that our cells can work their best. Without it, we dehydrate quickly. We experience extreme fatigue and eventually organ failure and then death. We need to make sure that we're getting the minimal amount that our bodies need to perform their best so we can thrive. If you if you try to lose weight without drinking enough water, you make it that much harder for your body to adjust to the demands that you're setting on it. But for the menopausal woman with a sweet tooth, drinking water is that much more important because it helps to reduce your appetite or cravings for sugar. We often start to feel hungry when in fact we're simply just dehydrated. The more water you drink, the more likely you are to feel when you're thirsty. So the less you drink, the more difficult it is for you to notice the signs. Your body feels like it's missing something, but you mistake dehydration for not having enough to eat. It could very well be that you're hungry, but when you drink often, you can rule out for sure that it's thirst. You know, you're, you're, when your hunger cues kick in, you're able to judge whether or not you truly need food. The second um, building block is sleep. So for a menopausal woman, this is a high commodity. The older you get, the less sleep you need, but it shouldn't typically be less than seven hours if you're healthy and active and, and a busy adult, and it must be restful and uninterrupted in order for you to reap the benefits. Now, the ideal amount of sleep for most of us is from seven to nine hours. You can, of course, live with less, but it's not optimal and you risk increasing your stress levels, which ultimately impact your appetite and can lead to overeating during the day. I think we all pretty much know by now that that sleep is really important for your body, right? It's important for rejuvenation and cell growth. But just to emphasize, if you don't get enough sleep, you can increase your chances of high blood pressure, diabetes, heart attack, heart failure, or stroke. You can even risk falling into depression, causing impairment for your immunity and decreasing your sex drive. Now, (laughs) y'all, that's enough reason for me to buy sleeping pills and call it a day. But for the menopausal woman 
whose sleep cycles are constantly fluctuating between four to eight hours of rest each night, getting enough sleep can be a challenge. We find ourselves in the wee hours of the morning. For me, it ranges anywhere from two to 4 a.m., where I suddenly urgently have to go to the bathroom and then I can't fall asleep again. Um, or I wake up for no reason. I start thinking about random issues that get me worrying and stressed out and keep me distracted until I'm fully awake and I can't sleep anymore. Having less sleep causes stress to the body. And when we're stressed, cortisol increases and the hormones ghrelin, which increases our appetite and leptin, which decreases it, are affected so that we ultimately feel hungrier during the day and we have no braking system, which causes us to binge. More sleep decreases this stress and helps to keep our eating habits stable. Anything you can do to manage stress plays in your favor to help keep these hormones under control so that you don't fall prey to any binging cycles. That's the worst. The third building block is movement. And I don't mean strenuous exercise that, yeah, that, that, that you hate. I, I just mean simple walking or gardening or cleaning the house or grocery shopping, any activity that engages your body and keeps you from sitting still, but without taxing your mind or your muscles. Okay, there's a little bit of burden on your muscles, but you don't want to be straining while you're moving. You should enjoy the movement. Okay, that might leave out the cleaning for most of us. But if we have headphones on and we're listening to an informative podcast like Losing Fat on Plants, hint, 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 or listening to great music, it makes the activity that much more enjoyable while you're staying active. Movement keeps you from being sedentary, which can have a major impact on weight gain. In fact, studies have shown that overweight women sit on average two hours longer each day than women with a normal weight. Also, Many diseases are linked with a sedentary lifestyle, like cardiovascular disease, diabetes, osteoporosis, and increases in the risk of colon cancer. So if you work at a desk, which is one third of your day, and you sleep eight hours, which is another third of your day, then it's likely that you're not very active if you don't schedule regular movements throughout your day. The more activities you can engage in, the less sedentary you are. The most common measurement of activity right now, I would say in in this day and age, is steps, right? We always talk about how many steps we have achieved during the day. Now, if you're not sure whether you're active or not, let me give you a generally agreed rule of thumb of activity level ranges um, from inactive to very active based on the number of steps that you take each day. So less than 5,000 steps per day is considered sedentary. 5,000 to 7,500 steps is considered underactive. What? (laughs) 7,500 to 10,000 steps is considered somewhat active. And on some days, I barely make it to 10,000, y'all. 
10,000 to 12,500 is active and more than 12,000 to 500 steps is very active. So around 10,000 steps per day is the generally accepted goal for a sufficient level of activity. This doesn't have to be done all at once. You can spread the steps throughout the day. On average, for every 30 minutes of walking, you accumulate about 3,000 steps, give or take a couple of hundred, depending on how big your stride is. But whether you schedule 30-minute workouts or um, 30-minute walking sessions um, or go to the grocery store or have a long one-and-a-half-hour walk like I try to fit in in the afternoons, you can manage this if you schedule the time. The main point is to do all you can to reach at least this amount. The more movement you can do over and above that, the better. Now, your workouts obviously count towards your steps, but if you don't work out, make sure to make up the difference by moving in any way you enjoy the most. The key is really enjoying what you're doing, enjoying the movement to ensure that there's no resistance to moving, you know, that you're not um, upset about having to go for a walk or that you don't like the idea of having to go for a bicycle ride or walking to the grocery store instead of taking your car. You have to like it in order to keep doing it. The fourth block and probably the most difficult for women with a sweet tooth is scheduling your meal. Consistent eating windows are important for learning your hunger cues and planning your meals in a timely manner. This will be a whole separate episode that I'll do at some other point. But for now, if you're interested in learning how to schedule your meals, you can sign up for a free mini course that I'm offering on my website. And I'll leave a link to this course in the description notes. But in a nutshell, scheduling your meals will make a difference with your calorie intake and help you to build healthy eating habits by keeping you consistent with your meal planning and food choices that support your fat loss. I know this from experience. This is one of my tried and true tools that I use to stay on track and to keep my calorie intake down. So the fifth and final building block is to track your daily status. You want to be able to measure your daily success, and the only way to do it is to assess your progress on a daily basis. This will mean tracking your weight, recording when you eat and what you eat, whether you ate on or off plan, if you slept enough hours, drank enough water, and reach your daily number of steps or movement goals. You also want to be able to to adjust or modify any activities in your schedule to support you as you go along. If you notice, for example, that drinking coffee late in the day decreases your sleeping time, you want to capture this observation and plan to drink coffee on the next day, no later than, yeah, I don't know, 11 o'clock in the morning or 12 o'clock, for example. So a bullet journal a planner, or a digital calendar will work as long as you can easily enter and access your notes without any difficulty. It should be easy and doable to jot down your notes or to measure your daily success, right? So keep your tracking to a minimum. You don't need to write an autobiography 
or doodle artwork in your journal if you don't want to. In fact, the less you capture, the better. You just want a a quick snapshot of your day to know if you're on track or not. And if not, how you have to shift your schedule or activities for the next day to support the better behavior. So those are my building blocks that provide the foundation for the best formula for losing weight. Once you're drinking enough water, sleeping enough hours, moving enough during the day, scheduling consistent eating windows, and tracking your daily progress, you will already start to feel better and in control of your eating habits because you automatically reduce the stress by better planning and daily routines that keep you on track without you having to think about it. Ultimately, by managing stress, you have better control over your cravings and overeating. And this is what moves the needle on your fat loss journey. So I believe the best formula for weight loss should not only consist of these building blocks that I mentioned, but it should be stressed that a daily routine that both includes these building blocks as well as additional skills or daily um, practices, I would call them, that support managing stress and reducing calorie intake. These will be the key to having a complete formula for fat loss. So this leads me to my second point, which is my exact formula that I use every day to help manage my eating habits and reduce the overall calorie intake without counting calories, performing strenuous exercises that I hate, and still satisfying my sweet tooth without putting the weight back on. So the formula that I use is based on the five building blocks um, that I just outlined, and it's centered around the following three principles. The first one is learn which foods are the most optimal, optimal for fat loss. So for me, this means that serve me the best, right? Um, nutritious foods that have the least amount of calories that fill me up and don't trigger overeating. That's those are, those are my optimal foods for fat loss. Yours may be different, but those are mine that help me to manage overeating. The second is learn how to make them taste good and satisfy me the most. That's so important for me. I can't eat foods that don't gratify my appetite. Like I, I have to be able to say that I like it. It has to um, fulfill me smell good, taste good, look good, um, feel good in my mouth. Um, otherwise I, I don't want to eat it. You know, I'll be disgusted and I won't be able to continue eating these foods if they don't please me in, in the way that I need them to. Um, and the third, the third most important, um, principle I follow is to create an environment and the right behavior skills that make it easy for me to keep eating these optimal foods, right? Because these are the foods that are going to serve me the best. These are the foods that are going to get me to lose the fat the quickest. And if I can't eat them, if I'm turning to Oreo cookies or Twizzlers or what have you, then I won't stay on track. So I need to create an environment that's going to help me to 
eat these foods, enjoy them, and stay on track, eat them consistently. So it's as simple as that. I find out which foods serve me the best. And um, like I said, nutritious foods that are low calorie, um, low in calories and filling. And I make them taste good and satisfying. And I create an environment and routines to keep me eating them. That's It's as simple as that. Now, when I'm able to consistently fill up on lower calorie nutritious foods on a daily basis, then I automatically control my overeating by reducing sugar cravings and my overall calorie intake. I also plan in my day to treat myself to tasty desserts that actually support my fat loss and don't trigger overeating because I have a sweet tooth. You know, that's one thing that's really important to me. I'm not going to fake the funk and pretend as though I don't like desserts or that I don't like sweet stuff or, um, you know, I can go without, um, eating cookies or deny or restrict myself from, from eating cookies or, uh, chocolate or whatever. Um, if I want to have it, then I want to eat it. I don't want to feel guilty about it. So there are desserts that are rich in sugar and high in calories. You know, they don't have to, your desserts don't have to be rich in sugar or high in calories. Instead, they should be guilt-free desserts, right? That are made with whole foods instead of refined processed ingredients, they actually will satisfy you more than the sugar-filled desserts because they meet your nutritional needs and they curb your appetite. They, they actually curb your cravings, right? Because they contain all of the right nutritional whole foods that your body needs um, rather than triggering your appetite with with sugar or, or a lot of fat or or salt or what have you that's going to drive you to want to have more and more. So the reason why my formula works the best for me is that I've established a routine. This is the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. I've had so many people tell me, you're so disciplined. How are you able to go running, you know, so often, or you're so disciplined. How are you able to stay on track? They don't see what's happening in between. Now I love going running. I love being active. I love going outside. These things are not strenuous for me. I don't like doing hit exercises every day. They can be fun, but they can be strenuous. And I actually, you know, feel like it's really taxing for me. So, you know, I, I can do maybe one hit exercise for a day, but if, or during the week, if it's too much and I'm feeling, you know, overwhelmed, I will stop or I'll slow it down. I'm not going to burden myself with an exercise that I think will, um, be a disservice to me rather than helping me. I want to enjoy what I'm doing and jogging and, and going for walks and, you know, doing calisthenics or body resistance. Those are more enjoyable and pleasurable for me. They're not a burden. So I don't count those as being strenuous exercises. But a part of doing those things is the routine that I created over the years. I built exercise into my routine. You know, one of the things is, um, you know, when I get up, I have a, a morning routine and 
you know, part of that is I get up and I, um, you know, have Bible time and um, prayer and I write in a journal. And before I actually do anything, I put my workout clothes on, right? So I get out of bed and, and actually that's not true. I, I weigh myself first and I, and I do jot that down. But when I put my workout clothes on, it already triggers me or cues me to be prepared to exercise later, whether it's running or, you know, body resistance or calisthenics or whatever. I have my workout clothes already on. So that's already half of the process, right? It's a routine that I've established. It's something I do automatically on autopilot without having to think about it. So having a clear routine is a secret to my, my progress. It, it doesn't guarantee that I won't get off track, but it makes it harder for me to. During my assessment and evaluation at the end of the day, I focus on identifying stress factors and I weed them out of my schedule um, or block any triggers that can cause off-plan eating. For example, in the evening, if I go upstairs after dinner and engage in a hobby, I read a book or I'm working on a project rather than... um, you know, staying downstairs where I can possibly watch TV. I'm next to the kitchen and, you know, it's possible or, or much easier for me to reach for a snack. I've discovered that I'm less likely to fall into destructive eating behavior, you know? So the simple, the simple, um, step of going upstairs after dinner instead of staying downstairs protects me, right? It's a routine that, that, you know, can be built into your, into your daily schedule that helps you, um, you know, or stop eating basically after dinner, <laughs> right? It closes the window. So it's, it's something that I practiced, you know, going over and over, um, and it becomes a routine or it became a routine and it safeguards me basically against any poor decision-making that can derail me, you know, when I'm, when I'm downstairs and around the kitchen. So the best formula for fat loss includes both evidence-based practices, those like the five building blocks that I outlined, as well as behavior skills that help you to cope with the challenges of life by building an environment and routines that make it harder for you to behave off plan. The routines then become your default behavior, not the coping skills that you have when you reach for, you know, sweet stuff like an ice cream or or what have you, when you're feeling emotional, right? That will no longer be your coping mechanism. Instead, it will be the default behavior that you're able to build into your, your plan into your daily, um, lifestyle because you have practiced it over and over again. Okay. To my third point, do you need a formula to lose weight effectively? The answer is no, you don't need a a formula to lose weight effectively. You can lose weight effectively without any of the building blocks that I mentioned above. Um, or mentioned before, or any behavior skills that I practice daily. Plenty of people have followed various strategies that weren't proven to last, right? Um, 
and they've had success at at losing weight. You can fast for seven days and the weight will slide right off. But the question is whether you will keep the weight off. And I believe you won't. You, You won't without a proven plan in place. Evidence has shown you're more likely to keep weight off if you have a system in place that supports your behavior and decision-making that's effective, easy to execute, enjoyable, and sustainable. If you can do it over and over again, then it's more likely that you'll stay on track. So my last and final point to cover is how do you build a formula? As I've repeated over and over again, you start off with a clear strategy. That is the most important piece um, in, in the beginning, let's say in the beginning, because it includes a clear intention and the goal that you're trying to reach, right? You want to know in what direction you're going. You want to have a destination so you're not driving around in circles. You want to know where you're going. You outline the action steps and you execute them every day. You seek support if necessary, whether it's expert advice or communal support, you know, someone to pat you on the back or, or to be the cheerleader, cheerleader for you, you know, as you go along, you assess and evaluate, right? That's really important to refine your action in order to determine, to determine what works and what doesn't. And finally, what turns your strategy into a formula is building the right practices that are proven to work seamlessly into your daily schedule so that they become a routine. Once you're on autopilot and don't have to think through the building blocks or the action steps, you've created a stable formula um, that, that gets better and better as you go along, right? My exact formula may not work for you. The building blocks will be the same though, as they um, sort of, yeah, well, they don't change really. Um, You you have the five elements and you, you maybe adjust them, you know, when you start to drink water in the beginning of the day, or um, if you, you know, drink more water in the middle of the day, or you contain it in one water bottle, or if you have several water bottles, or you have a huge container where you fill it all up at once and you're more likely to drink it because you're able to gauge how much water you've you've had so far. Who knows? I'm just rambling. But these basic building blocks, they are really the same, um, I think, for most successful formulas. But what's important is that these building blocks um, in order to sort of keep on target with them and to ensure that your calorie intake is on track. You need to have the behavior skills in place. These five building blocks, they're evidence-based, right? You know that they're going to work, but you need proven behavior skills right? In place that are going to support you, whether it's in your environment um, or building your routines, and they need to be customized to fit your own individual needs. And this you'll find out as you take action and don't give up, right? The only way to stick consistent, to, to stick 
consistently with a fat loss program is to make it your own. It's not a cookie cutter program that has a one size fits all design, but it's a clearly planned and practice system that supports your lifestyle and is sustainable for you. So in summary, we first talked about the best formula for weight loss, which is a strategy that contains evidence-based practices such as the building blocks of fat loss, you know, drinking enough water, sleeping enough hours, moving enough during the day, scheduling consistent eating windows and tracking your daily progress, plus creating an environment and behavior skills that become routine and support the fat loss process. Secondly, we talked about my formula, which includes the five building blocks as well as behavior skills that I need to maintain healthy eating habits, such as learning which foods are the most optimal for fat loss, learning how to make them so they taste good for me and satisfy me the most, and create an environment and a daily routine that makes it easy for me to eat these optimal foods consistently. Thirdly, we answered the question whether a formula is even necessary to lose weight effectively. And my answer is, again, well, let's say no, (laughs) as it was the beginning, you could lose weight without it. But the key word here is effectively, right? If you have a formula in place, you can lose weight effectively. An effective formula is not only one that helps you to lose weight, but it helps you to keep it off for good while building healthy skills and and habits that that keep you on track, right? So if you fast, um, as I did, I, I fasted often in the past. Like I said, some of it was spiritual, but most of it was diet related. It's it's easy to do after a while. You know, you always have your challenges in the beginning. But, you know, after the first three or four days, you're good. You can continue to fast, right, until the week is up. And there's no doubt that you will lose a lot of weight. And it is healthy, you know, for your intestines, for, you know, detoxifying and what have you. But for a consistent weight loss plan, it's not it's not the best thing to do. And the reason why is because it will not help you to keep the weight off for good. Uh, you don't want to have to fast every day to keep your calorie intake down, right? You want to enjoy your um, your life. You you want to have fun, you know, eating the food that you that you eat um, that's healthy for you, that's nourishing. Um, so yes, you can lose weight effectively, right? Without a formula, um, I'm sorry, you can lose weight quickly, right? Um, and effectively without a formula, but in terms of keeping it off for good, a formula in place is the best because it safeguards you against coping mechanisms or poor behavior skills that, that will derail you and, and keep you off track. And finally, we discussed how to build your own formula. You start with a strategy in place with a clear intention and goal. You outline your action steps. You execute them. 
you assess and evaluate, you seek support if needed, you modify and adjust until the steps work for you, and then you build your routine into your daily schedule with these steps over and over again until your routine is automated. Your formula must be effective. It must be easy to execute, enjoyable, and sustainable. That makes it bulletproof. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want to get started with building your own formula for fat loss, head on over to my website and sign up for the free course to get started. I'll leave the link, like I said, in the description notes. Um, and if you enjoy this episode and, and, you know, you want to continue getting more tips and mindset strategies, then subscribe to the podcast so that you'll be notified each week when a new episode episode drops. And also, um, I encourage you to share this podcast with a friend or anyone you know who's going through menopause and you think could benefit from the tips and strategies to support them on their fat loss journey. And for now, I wish you a wonderful remaining rest of the week and a, a sunny weekend, depend on, um, depending on when you're listening to the episode. And until the next time, stay healthy, stay blessed. And remember, if you're a menopausal woman with a sweet tooth, guilt-free always tastes and feels better. Take care. <laughs>